Hello and welcome to episode 132 of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast. Yes, being recorded in the beautiful North Georgia mountains, North Georgia. And tonight, it's the anniversary show. Thanks for listening. Hello, if you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. And before we get to tonight's topic, a quick road trip update. Last episode, episode 131, I was about 90% done with a 14-day road trip. I don't know what day it was, do the math, 90% of 14. At the time of this recording, I am now 75% done with a 28-day road trip. So a little bit has transpired over the last seven days. And I'm headed deep into the North Georgia mountains, which is truly my happy place. The CEO will be flying in towards the end of the week. She is the first one in the family to actually get on an airplane this year. And I have not been on an airplane since just about this time of 2020. Anyway, she's flying in and we are planning a mountain road trip through Georgia, Tennessee, and North Carolina. Spring break at 2021 style through the view of windshield. Time for a quick spin around the interwebs. This next story has made it into at least two episodes in the past six or seven months. And the headlines for both of the stories were something along the lines of pilot over LAX reports a guy in a jetpack flying beside them or a man flying in a jetpack has been spotted again in the skies over Los Angeles. And the gist of these stories is that multiple airline crews have reported seeing what appeared to be someone in a jetpack at around 6,000 feet in altitude. And all of this happening just northwest of LAX or Los Angeles International Airport. Well, it looks like Boing Boing has solved the mystery to this with 13 very simple words. That mysterious jetpack guy that flew over LAX, it was probably this drone. And the accompanied picture and video, I'll put links in the show notes shows a one-to-one life-sized mannequin that has drone propellers emerging from his shoulders. And if I recall, when I first saw or read this story, my BS detector went off immediately. And the reason is that had this been a legit human, the whole world and TMZ would have known about it the second he, he landed back on Earth. Now, I don't spend a lot of time on CNBC, don't get on their website, don't watch their channel, but this next story comes from them and gives us a bit of insight into Americans' priorities. So get this, 38% of Americans would give up sex for a year just to travel again. So 38% of Americans would give up sex for a year just to travel again. My first question is, well, there goes hotel sex, right? And if that's not enough of a sad commentary, the survey also revealed that 48% of us would give up their job in order to travel again. So if you give up your job, how are you going to fund your travels? Another one, 25% of us would fork over all of our savings. Now, this one could go either way. If you have $123.95 in savings, not a bad gig if you want to travel, if you know, you've got six or seven figures, probably not a great deal. And does that really translate into 25% less travel because you 
giving away 25% of your life savings, or does that mean 25% of less cooler destinations? And then they also went on to find that one in five or 20% of us would dump their partner if it meant they could take a trip in the near future. As an observer, I'm gonna tell them that pretty much your first trip is going to be to divorce court. Now here is the kicker that more than 80% of those polled said that travel is a part of a well-rounded life. 80% said that travel is a well part of a well-rounded life. Somehow giving up sex, your job, your savings, or your partner, to me, doesn't seem to be all that well-rounded of a life. On to tonight's topic, the anniversary show. Most anniversaries celebrate a milestone. Baby's first birthday, your 25th wedding anniversary, your 50th birthday. Basically a number with some oomph to it. The title of episode 132 has none of that, the anniversary show. But it was right around this time of March 2020 when all of our lives changed due to the pandemic. So maybe a better title would have been the pandemic anniversary show or as some might would say, the first anniversary of the two-week stay-at-home order. And all of us remember what we were doing at specific times in our lives. When President Reagan was shot, I was in high school, teenager working at a feed and grain store. On 9-11, I was in our office uh, getting ready to head to Knoxville, Tennessee. I cut through our break room, looked over at the TV at the exact moment that the second plane slammed into the tower. Side note, On the first anniversary of 9-11, I was in South Georgia in a small town, Thomasville, Georgia, and I was stirred from my slumber with a parking lot full of emergency equipment with sirens and lights, or as they say, code three. To this day, I have no idea what happened, but it's not the best way to start your day, especially on the anniversary of something as tragic as 9-11. March 13th, 2020, the CEO and I left for a cooking class in Savannah with plans to return home Sunday afternoon. That cooking class was really our last indoor gathering of any size, especially a gathering with people that we didn't know. Chef Justin, who ran the class, had all of us scrub up before class, which I'm sure is typical protocol. But no warning signs, no banners, no dots on the floor encouraging social distancing, and of course, no masks. And to think that we were all handling the same cooking utensils as well as the same fruits and vegetables without the aid of a hand sanitizer every 30 seconds, we were absolute savages. And looking back, it was really odd to hear people using the phrase COVID-19 instead of just COVID or now it's just plain COVID. But the topic really didn't dominate our conversation other than the fact that March Madness had been canceled due to COVID just a few days prior to the class. And my plans for the following week were pretty simple. Come back home Sunday, Monday morning, I was boarding a flight for Newark with a week's worth of meetings in New Jersey. On the way home from Savannah, I received a call that our meetings were all canceled. And now a year ago, it was a lot tougher to cancel a hotel room with less than 24 hours before you checked in without paying some sort of a cancellation fee. Now, of course, with Southwest Airlines, you can just about cancel up to the day of flight and at least end up with some sort of a credit, but not a penalty. Now, of course, fast forward a year and it's pretty easy to cancel a hotel reservation within 24 hours without any sort of penalty or any sort of feedback. Later in the week, our company pulled everybody off the road 
And we, as in everybody in the world, were forced to pivot. And I'm not looking to play down any tragedy that has taken place over the last year, lost lives, lost businesses, lost jobs, and for many, a lost sense of security, as well as a peace of mind. But ask anybody, and they will more than likely tell you that I am a half glass full kind of person. For example, a few years ago after dinner, I was reading aloud for anyone that was listening. And when I say anyone, it was probably the kids. And I remember reading, a pessimist sees the glass half empty and the optimist sees the glass as half full. We've all heard this well, about that time the CEO came back into the kitchen and asked, why is half of my Diet Coke gone? And I said, well, because you are a pessimist. I think I was the only one that laughed. So after this past year, all of us has had to have had at least one thing that has filled our glasses at least halfway full. And we've all heard the phrase, probably used the phrase, think outside of the box. If you've ever been into any kind of a corporate brainstorming strategic meeting, I guarantee you that you have heard think outside the box. Well, in the past year, most of us have learned to function outside the cubicle. You know, remote working has become commonplace and upper management realized, finally realized that you don't have to be inside an office wearing a tie where they can eyeball you to be productive. Most of us now know how to join a Teams meeting, a Skype, Zoom, GoToMeeting. Unfortunately, not everyone knows how to take themselves off mute, myself included, and even my parents in their 80s know how to FaceTime. And all of this remote worker, all of the remote workers are logging in hours well beyond nine to five, and most of us are working through lunch. However, we have acquired some new skills while being sheltered in place. Most of us now know how to bake bread. And to this day, I have no idea why baking bread became such the thing. For me, I know I far outlived the usefulness of anything that I ever learned on Little House on the Prairie. We should have been baking pizzas, brewing beer, and frying wings. That's got some real value to it. A thousand-piece puzzle, if you can find one, is now viewed as child's play. And all of us became masterful at hoarding toilet paper and disinfecting wipes. We've also acquired some new stay-at-home habits while being sheltered in place. Forget Netflix and chill, way too much energy. It's all about binge-watching from Tiger King to WandaVision and Schitt's Creek. And for me, someone that rarely spends much time watching TV, I fell under the Schitt's Creek spell by the end of the first episode. And podcast, podcast listenership is up 51% over 2019 to 2020. And as a side note, everyone now has a podcast or at least has posted one episode. And for me, pre-pandemic, I was dropping a new episode about every month or so. And once we all began sheltering in place, I started posting every week. Now, tell me if this makes sense to you. A monthly travel-themed podcast that pivots to weekly episodes the minute the host quits traveling. Yep, makes total and complete sense. And taking care of ourselves, our health became even more prevalent well beyond just avoiding COVID. Most fitness equipment was back-ordered and anything on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace was selling at a premium if it was still available by the time you contact the seller. And even a year later, it's tough to purchase a new affordable bicycle from anyone. But hold tight. Uh, my prediction for that is that by the end of this year, 
there will be a fire sale on gently used fitness equipment. Now, if you listen to any of the episodes from the early part of the year, you would know that I received for Christmas a travel crystal ball. This travel crystal ball allowed me to uh, see predictions for 2021 travel. However, if in January of 2020, I had received a financial crystal ball, I could guarantee you that that crystal ball, the financial crystal ball for 2020 would have told you and everybody else to purchase at least one, just one of the following things, a commercial sewing machine and an S load of fabric. No one could have ever predicted that fashionable masks would become all the rage. I have an acquaintance that I believe has sold over 3000 masks through her Etsy store. Either purchase a printing franchise or a vinyl printer. Take a look. Vinyl COVID warning stickers are everywhere. A truckload of plexiglass and something to cut it with. I never would have dreamed that plexiglass riot shields would be at every single cash register across the United States. In this last prediction, you probably could have waited till summertime to launch this, but purchase a couple of those big giant white canopy party tents because by late summer of 2020, restaurants and bars were looking to offer socially distant seating. And what better way to do it than using one of those big outdoor tents in the restaurant or bar's parking lot. So all that got us to where we're at now. Since January, COVID numbers are decreasing, but I'm sure that you can find a website that would report the opposite. There's a vaccine that's being effectively distributed but again i'm sure you could find a website that would report the opposite of that as well and in my travels across three states i'm seeing less and less people wearing masks not a political statement just an observation from an old time road warrior and about four or five weeks ago i posted episode 128 it's okay to not be okay AKA, how are you doing? Which was, of course, a blatant ripoff of Joey Tribbiani from Friends and his catchphrase. And there's no way that I can do a Joey Tribbiani accent when he would say, how you doing? But I was surprised to receive any feedback, much less the volume that I did. So thank you to those of you that actually took the time to send something in. One topic that brought feedback was about Zoom fatigue, and yes, it is a real thing. Online meetings are more tiring than face-to-face ones. So, of course, you have to ask, why is it more tiring? Well, it requires more effort to appear engaged. There's no nonverbal cues. There's no body language to help you take the temperature of a room. Plus, staring into a camera trying to remain focused is absolutely exhausting. In-person meetings contain rituals. It could be a simple handshake or throwing a bag of fresh Werther's Original Caramels on the conference room table. And here's my Werther's Original Caramel story. Years ago, probably 25 years ago, I worked with a guy that was a huge marathoner. So much so the single-digit body fat, the kind of guy that you just really didn't want to like, but he was, he was pretty cool. Anyway, he goes to the doctor. They pull his blood work. Doctor calls him back in and he goes, uh, you know, your cholesterol is absolutely off the chart. And the guy's like, what are you talking about? I'm, you know, I'm a marathoner. I'm running X amount of miles every week, so on. So they start dissecting this guy's diet, trying to find out what's causing this. Well, they found out that he was slamming down about a bag of Werther's original caramels with all its delicious butter fat just about every day. So the other thing that we're missing is no face-to-face after-meeting catch-ups. 
And this is a typical corporate rite of passage, and it is sorely missed. I've had more productive results come from an over-lunch brainstorming session than a four-hour coffee and donut-fueled organized meeting. And also, staring at your own face is a giant cup of suck. Next time during a meeting when you just feel run down, look at the picture of yourself. More than likely, there'll be two or three little dots in one of the corners. Click on it and select hide self-view. And then finally, it's tiring when you are trying to remain motionless for hours on end. And for some reason, it's okay to excuse ourselves from a three-hour face-to-face conference room meeting for a bio break. Nobody seems to have a problem with it but we have a hard time doing it when it's a three hour video conference. Thankfully, I have a boss that has no issue with us not turning on a video camera if we don't feel like it. Now for me at home, I have a stand-up desk, wireless keyboard, wireless mouse. I have dual monitors that are positioned roughly 30 degrees off center or whatever the desk ergonomics article that I read suggested. Now my webcam is mounted onto one of those monitors So it's about, I'd say, probably 20 to maybe 25 inches away from me. And so during a meeting, I'm never actually having to look at myself head on. It's always at some sort of an angle. And I really didn't think much about my setup until this road trip. I'm currently relying on the embedded webcam in my Lenovo laptop. And so every meeting, when I fire it up, I'm forced to look at my 50-pound Claude Aiken's head from about 12 inches away. Now in my home office, there is a wall right behind my desk. Of course, what else would there be but a wall? Anyway, at the time when all of this, we started having all these virtual meetings, there was a carving of a tree of life, probably about 18 inches. Um, It was right behind me when I'd have video meetings. And so I began swapping out the tree of life for something different just about every day. One day it was a picture we took while in New Orleans. A couple days later, I would put up my wife's college diploma, and it took people about three weeks before anyone mentioned anything about it. And these meetings were with people, the same people, in three or four different meetings every single day. By week six, I kind of gave up on this Zoom as well as my company. We're both uh, providing virtual backgrounds. Now, two things that can help to break up the monotony of a video call First, close on necessary web browser tabs. You look, I understand that Twitter needs your attention, but it can more than likely survive for an hour or two without you. Second, take notes. Just like you would do in a traditional old school meeting, recently I have moved from Evernote to OneNote. Uh, OneNote with all of its integrations into everything Microsoft has truly 10X'd my note-taking uh, ability and making them somewhat useful. But it has also made meetings more productive. Note-taking will take, especially during a video conference, will take your attention off the camera and off looking at everybody. The one thing that I have tried that I didn't care for was wearing an actual headset or using earphones. For some reason, having that much ambient noise removed was just completely distracting. Go figure. I also received a few comments concerning the health and fitness part of that episode. And that I can tell you on my current road trip, I have let my workout slip and I can feel it. Roughly 16, 17 days into it, I've noticed a difference. The reason for the slippage, one word, laziness. Not lack of time, not bad water, just pure and simple laziness. You've got to make your health and fitness a priority. Recently, I was on Lifehacker and I came across their Lifehacker Fitness Challenge. And these are just 
first person articles on such topics as, you know, here's what it's like to begin a meditation practice. So if you want to get into meditation, they give you a very easy step-by-step roadmap. They have the let's revisit the seven minute workout. If you're a little bit uh, more macho, you can try the 10 minute micro workout. And many of these activities or exercises can be done in a hotel room or your home office. Most don't require any sort of equipment. And, you know, it's not a bad way to change up your traditional workout by doing something a little bit different. There's also the Men's Health 52-Day Challenge, which involves you creating a 52-day health plan focused on healthy eating. It could be whatever you consider healthy eating. If you want to be vegan for the next 52 days, if you want to do low-carb, no-carb, caveman, that's up to you. You pick up exercise, you decide that you're going to do so many strength or resistance sessions over the next 52 days, and how many cardio sessions. And then there's also some personal growth goals that you put in there along the way. I want to read a book, or I want to not drink soda, whatever it is. And I've participated in several of these over the years. It's always a good time. It's a community of guys and girls to give each other a lot of support. And then if you are a total badass, there is the 75 Hard Program. Two 45-minute workouts each day, one of which must be outside. Follow a healthy diet with zero alcohol or cheat days. And for the time limit of, you guessed it, 75 days. This is hardcore. Uh, One of the rules is that if you mess up on any of those criteria, you have to start over from day one again. Now, also, don't ignore your sleep. Beanie Mallethead that proudly proclaims that they don't need much sleep will eventually make you a tired Mallethead that proclaims that they don't need much sleep. Last summer, the app Com was giving out a free year of their premium or their upgraded app. I think it was through American Express. Um, actually, many apps were doing the same thing. They were offering free access to their premium content. Anyway, Com has a series of sleep stories voiced by artists with these deep, rich sounding voices. It's amazing. And you will be lulled to sleep in just a matter of minutes. Calm also offers some free content. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's definitely worth checking it out. You've got to take care of yourself. That wraps up our first anniversary show, four years into the Travel Stories podcast. And guess what? We have our first anniversary show under our belt. Next week, I will probably do a repost of some sort um, since we'll be traveling from there we'll probably do our get ready for our summer road trip episode plan to have the ceo back on to talk about spring break road trip 2021 and some of the overnight stays that we have done in the last five or six months if you want detailed show notes links pictures all that kind of cool stuff go to podpage.com slash travel hyphen stories that's podpage.com slash travel hyphen stories. If you have a question or comment, you can leave me a voicemail at anchor.com or email. Hit me up travelfrick at gmail.com. That's travelfrick at gmail.com. As I like to say, travel safe, stay safe, and thanks for listening.